You're listening to the most ranked college football podcast with your hosts, Micah and Nick. Nick, how are we doing on this evening? I'm currently on a walk in the state that hosts the number one team in the country. For that reason, I'm wearing my brand new Tennessee hat that I got for this weekend. Life is good in college football. Nick, how are you doing? Wow, I didn't expect this positivity from you, especially considering you hate Tennessee. It, where's the real Micah? You're going down there to root against them, and now you have a brand new Tennessee hat. What's going oh, on? Oh, I got I got that orange Kool Aid in my system, baby. My ringtones, Rocky Top, Smokey's, my foam backdrop. Oh, big balls guy. No, I'm kidding. I am rocking. I I am cheering for Tennessee though. I I don't like Georgia and. You know, girlfriend is a Tennessee fan, so. And post Rocky song, Rocky Top's actually a good song. Not when it's played it 180, not when it's played 187 times like it is at Neyland Stadium, but yeah. I got a quick funny story about Rocky Top. It has to deal with my dad. Oh boy. One year, my dad went to New Orleans for um, New Year's. And, well, what's played down in New Orleans during New Year's? The Sugar Bowl. Uh, Tennessee was playing in the Sugar Bowl the year my dad went down there to New Orleans. And all he heard his entire time was just a bunch of Tennessee fans uh, singing Rocky Top. And he can't stand it anymore. He hates that song. My, I'm so done with it. So that's my little funny story. My dad oh, you have no to New idea. Orleans for New Year's, not realizing that Tennessee was down there. Oh, trust me. So my, uh, when I was living in Florida, I convinced some friends who uh, never been to a major college football game to go with me to Tennessee at Florida. And I had to be. The, I, I love being the guy that cheers for the visiting team. Again, I don't like Florida. So I was like, I have a Tennessee shirt. I have a Tennessee hat. I'll pretend like I'm a Tennessee fan for the weekend. Just to get them acclimated to a Tennessee Rocky Top the entire car ride up. Like almost every hour on the hour. Had that ride. It was a three and a half hour drive. So at least four times you listen to Rocky Top. Oh, there's no worse song in college football than Rocky Top. But I love it nonetheless. But no, I'm, I'm super amped. I'm not going to lie. I'm a little pissed. It's not one versus two. In the rankings that matter. Um, I'm still saying one versus two. Screw it. I'm using AP logic. Nick, I know we need to preview the game, so we got to talk the Cotterville playoff. I mean, it just makes too much sense. If we have to and we talk too long, Nick, I'm, I'm down to split two podcasts, release one tomorrow, and then release the preview on Thursday. Because we got to talk it. The ACC, based off the college football playoff committee's opinion, it's the best conference in college football. <laughs> I mean, what, the SC had 5-2, I think. I think we were the only ones that had us and them. Because they had LSU. What, they had LSU. Did the Big 12 have 5? Did the Big 12 have Texas, K-State. Texas, Oklahoma State, Kansas State. TCU. ECU. So they, they had four. four. And then the SEC had Tennessee, Alabama, Ole Miss, who else? Um, Georgia. Oh yeah, oh, I forgot Georgia. Oops, and Georgia. Yes. Yeah. No, they had. Uh, no, they had um, LSU. I didn't say them right. Or no, did you I did. Them? You said LSU. Oh. That all they had then? I guess so. Yes, yeah, so I guess we did have the most. LSU, 
uh, Georgia, Tennessee, Alabama. That's five. So they tied us. So, but again, they got all their holy crap. They almost had all five of theirs in the top ten. Well, yeah, it's going to be SEC biased. I mean, I know this is an ACC show, but TCU just got fucked, man. Coming in at seven, like, and like, I, I feel bad. You know, your boy Boo Kerrigan gets to be the guy that gets to explain the committee's opinion, even though he's just as much of a vote as everyone else on the committee. I knew TCU was going to be seven. Makes no sense, man. Especially when the logic they used for why they went with, like, Alabama and Ohio State, where they like, put Ohio State over Georgia, was because, end quote, their offense has been more explosive. What the hell is TCU? <laughs> TCU can't stop anybody, but they're scoring 50 points a game. They have the most top 25 wins. I mean, you rank Kansas State number 15. They beat them. Again, there are storylines behind it. Like, I'm currently debating with my good friend Hayden, who's a Michigan fan, why Clemson should be above Michigan. He's like, who have they beaten? Oh, I don't know, three top 25 teams? Oh, those teams are overrated. I'm like, they beat State when they were healthy. They beat Wake Forest at their healthiest, and they beat Syracuse at their healthiest. <laughs> and those teams are still ranked, and we know that some teams are rolling with backup quarterbacks, a.k.a. Syracuse and <laughs> um, NC State. So, you know, I, I didn't think the committee did a terrible job. Um, and again, I don't think it matters. I really don't. Like, I think if TCU wins out, goes 13-0, and wins that competitive Big 12, they're in. If Clemson goes 13-0, they're in. If Michigan goes 13-0, they're in. If Tennessee or Alabama go 13-0, or sorry, Tennessee or Georgia goes 13-0, they're in. Yeah. My biggest yeah. complaint, my biggest complaint though, Nick, I want to just see what your thoughts are on this. Uh-huh. LSU at 10. That's mine too. You know exactly why they did that, right? Because now playing Bama this week. Exactly. If Bama beats them, now they can jump up because, well, like... Like, like, I bet you if Alabama beats LSU and then Tennessee beats Georgia, I wouldn't be shocked if Alabama becomes, like, number three. And to make LSU not look as bad as they actually are, who did they just beat? Who did LSU just beat? Yeah. Ole Miss? Yeah. Don't you think they're a little high for 11? I think so, yeah. But, like, so – Here's my thing, especially on a year like. I wouldn't drop them too much. I just, I would personally put maybe UCLA over Ole Miss and maybe Kansas State. Although uh, Kansas State has a bad loss, but. Well, Kansas State doesn't actually have a bad loss. They just have two losses. Yeah. Because, like, the Tulane loss is not a bad loss, especially looking at it now. But. Yeah, no. I mean, again, I'm I'm a firm believer in belief. Like, you look at your circumstances, you look at. I think, especially in a year like this year, if you're winning, you're winning. Like, I'm a little upset that Illinois and North Carolina aren't higher. Because I understand, like, they don't have any crazy great wins, but they're not losing. And they don't have bad losses either. I think, dude, honestly, hot take, I think Illinois beats Michigan in a couple weeks. I got a question for you about Illinois. If they don't get screwed by the refs on week one, was it? Yeah, week one against Indiana, and they're 8-0. Where are they? Are they in the top 10? I think they're behind TCU. I think they're 8. Yeah. I, they're in the top 10, but they're, they're, they're like sitting in the TCU boat, and I bet you TCU's higher because they beat better teams. 
Do you believe that we're one bad call away from Illinois? Dude, being if I was an Illinois fan, man, I'd be, I'd be so, so angry. Like, but the, only, the only argument that I will say, Nick, not that it should matter, because again, you you want to win those games no matter what. Eight knows eight no. But Indiana sucks, so yeah, <laughs> you should have never been in that boat to begin with. That's true. So, but but nonetheless, like. I can't wait for uh, Virginia to beat the number 17 team in the country this weekend, though. So, I ain't, I ain't worried about nothing. Big Ten officials were listening, Nick. They cut us out when we were dogging their refs. <laughs> and I knew there were eyes in the sky, but now now I realize that the Big Ten refs' eyes are in the sky and not on the field. So, um, but no, anyways. Nick, I was glad what I was saying before you texted me saying we had cut out so thankfully you did text me because i may have talked for like 20 minutes and never even noticed but i did that one time (laughs) (laughs) but i'm really excited to see the accs five teams i know we're we're just clinging on to 19 20 21 and 17 so we're near the bottom but man for being such a end quote worst conference in power in college football that's a lot of top five and like Let's just call it what it is, Nick. NC State's healthy. Syracuse is healthy. We probably have four to five teams in the top 20. <laughs> so, you know, I was I was shocked to see that Wake was actually behind Syracuse. I was a little shocked by that. I understand that obviously Syracuse beat Louisville, and Louisville just took Wake to the dog shed, but... I mean, I just assumed with Wake playing Clemson a lot closer that there was some value to that. But, I, I mean. I think next week, I think this is the last week we're going to see five teams from the ACC because we've got State Wake this week and Syracuse plays Florida State. Now, if Florida State beats Syracuse, they might just flip-flop. Florida State could be back. Florida, State, Florida State will be ranked if they beat Syracuse, I think. You don't I think, think Florida, so? No, I do. I do. Okay, yeah, I I agree. I think if Florida State wins, they're in the top twenty-five. And, but and I think I think if Wake is, they're going to be out. No. No, if like that's for example, it's a blowout one way or the other. Yes, but if it's what we've seen from NC State Wake in years past, these last second, I don't know, man. Like, no disrespect to Oregon State, you're talking to one of the biggest Beavers fans on the East Coast, like. I'm a beaver believer, baby, but, I mean, they're not better than Wake or State, and I don't know if they punish them for a close loss, especially, I think, if Wake loses to State in a close one, I think of any, like, here's the, here's the problem, and this is the only reason why I think you could be right, is we see a lot of belief, and I get it to a point. Because no good team should lose in back-to-back weeks. But, like, that's the problem. I think if Wake does lose, then maybe they'll go, oh, that's two straight weeks in a row they've lost. But, I mean, I don't know, man. You, you could be right. It doesn't matter. We'll, we'll be down a team anyways after Virginia beats North Carolina. So, uh, I, hope fall right. out. But, I hope you're right. I don't know, man. I know I'm being psychotic by saying that. But I just have a weird feeling. Should like. Be- North, just, Carol- North Carolina is starting to get a little too much hype, man. And I'm, I'm, a, I'm a, Should we 
should we dive into the slate or do you have like anything else like top 25 like anything on Clemson being in the playoff right now at four or should we go in the slate no so I mean, other teams that you're kind of shocked at all I wanted to touch on was what Joey Galloway said because I I was with Joey Galloway I was he was I don't know if you saw it did you watch the ranking show yeah I was I was watching in and out of it after okay. they revealed it what did he say gotcha. Joey Galloway was pissed when they showed TCU at seven because this is the first time, Nick, that they've done. I mean, they've always done like twenty-five to seven, but then normally they go one, two because like the one has been pretty clear almost every year. But obviously this, for the first time since the first year of the rankings, that we weren't sure who was going to be number one, which was really cool, of course. But so they changed how they kind of revealed it. But when they revealed TCU at seven, man, he was hot, hot. And, like, I agree with him because, like, it's not even the fact that they ranked them at seven. It's, it's just the inconsistency that we constantly see with this committee where it's, like, like to be honest, when TCU went to seven, I, I immediately thought that Clemson should have been five or six even. Because even though they have the best resume, if you're putting TCU at seven, not the best resume, sorry, a better resume than, like, Michigan or Alabama even in terms of wins, I was like, well, they're putting TCU at seven. They're going to look at how you've looked in these games. And Clemson hasn't looked great. Clemson's been doing the same old Clemson shit we see every year where they're just eking by and eking by and eking by and eking by. They're not steamrolling teams. The Dabo Sweeney special. So I was like, wow. So I was just, uh, but Joey has something really good. He was like, these rankings do matter because, again, they set up LSU to where now there'll be a conversation potentially if LSU beats Bama of a two loss. If LSU were to win out, beat Tennessee, or, or you know, like revenge their loss against Tennessee, then like maybe they'll get in. Like, screw that first off. But you know they they're creating a narrative with it. But at the same time, like the playoffs right now, there are so many teams that are still in the hunt that genuinely like TCU, Clemson, Michigan. Georgia, Tennessee, Ohio State, like the top seven, even really, yeah, even Alabama. You win out, you're in the playoff. Simple as that. So, like, even though you can be hot about it, like I feel bad for TCU because this, I mean, they still have they still have um, Oklahoma State. No, 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 they have Oklahoma. No, they have Baylor. They have Baylor. They have Baylor and Texas. I was like, I remember who their two like bigger. Big 12 teams left. Yeah, and then Tech, a Kansas TCU, State. Baylor, Iowa State. Yeah. Well, TCU can't play TCU because they are TCU. But That's not what I said. Um, you said you said Tech, TCU, Baylor, Iowa State. Oh, I meant Tech, Tech. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, uh, TCU can't play TCU. <laughs> you but, I mean, the I mean technically. The championship will not be from the SEC. Yeah, right. I mean, technically, Gary Patterson is a coach at Texas, so you could just say TCU versus TCU if you really want to. But, um, but no, I mean, I, I think, again, if, if the ACC teams, like if Clemson wins out, if, you know, Clemson wins out, TCU wins out, again, any of the top seven teams win out, hell, I would make an argument that if the top eight teams win out, like, Ole Miss could potentially get in. 
LSU, I mean, that's, that's their 11. Who was eight? eight Nine was, was USC. Hugh, yeah, that, that's where it gets a little sticky. But, okay, the top seven then, for sure. I think any of the top seven, if they win out, they're in. Because only four of them can win out. Because we've got, what, three SEC teams? We've got an ACC team, a Big 12 team, and two Big 10 teams. And they all have to play each other at some point. So... That's the good thing is at least we have that kind of justification. But, um, yeah. One thing I want to say, though, my brother and I, we did – we actually – I don't know why we did it. But we did like, okay, let's do the top seven. I got them all right except I had Georgia and Ohio State flipped. I had Georgia two, Ohio State three. Huh. I wasn't even close, my guy. I was so close. I had it. I had it. I, well, knew- hey, 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 I didn't – yeah. So – but my other thing was, um, some people might be questioning why Clemson's four, and I'll tell you why. It's not because – I think it's not because of Clemson's resume. Um, I think it's two different things, and it's because of Michigan. Michigan, A, has the worst non-conference schedule. They played UConn, Hawaii, and uh, Colorado State. The worst out-of-conference schedule. Then – they don't want to put two Big Ten teams on the same uh, – or two Big Ten teams into the playoff picture right now because they're going to settle out, just like how Tennessee and Georgia are going to settle out this week. One of them is going to be out of the top four, and they will just replace them with Bama or Michigan. So that's why Clemson's kind of sitting there right now. Now, I picked Clemson at four. I think they should be at four. They deserve it. But – a lot of this, sometimes they do this, dude, just to set it up for one team to fail, one team to be out. And usually that's rivalry week with Ohio State and Michigan, like last year. It, they duked it out to see who was going to Big Ten championship and then go to the playoff. Yeah. I mean, and that's the thing. Like, I didn't try to predict what the committee would do. I just did my rankings for fifth quarter. And so mine were off drastically because I had, I mean, I did have Tennessee at one, but I had Georgia at two just because like, even though I think that Clemson, like, I I understand the argument of, well, eye test has to matter too. That's why I went away from the computer. So I respect that. But, and Georgia has the, honestly, Georgia has the best win in college football, in my opinion. Like, I understand Tennessee beat Bama, but I think beating Oregon by 42 is the best win in college football. So, no, Tennessee has a better resume all the way around, and obviously shit-kicking Kentucky this weekend only helped their case. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, again, it's just win and you're in, man. It's, it's plain and simple. Now, what does suck, Nick, and that's why I'm a little upset that North Carolina is at 17, is I do think that it's unfair for both Illinois and North Carolina to be, like, there is a genuine chance, Nick, that, again, it would take some help, and do I think it's going to happen? No. But it is still a very reasonable possibility that both Illinois and North Carolina are 11-1 and playing in their conference championship game. Is the committee really going to be able to move them up enough spots to get into the playoff if they win their championship game? I don't know. And that pisses me off because it's like, well, then what's the point of this conference championship game? Why can Ohio State lose to a bad Purdue or Iowa team in years past and still get in? But 
Illinois can't get robbed by the refs against Indiana and not get in, or North Carolina can't get beat by a Notre Dame team who actually looks somewhat competent now. <laughs> like, I don't know. It's frustrating to me that that's kind of... Like, again, like there's a good chance Notre Dame finishes the season 9-3, and three, which will be better than the Iowa and Purdue teams that beat Ohio State the year they made the playoffs. So if North Carolina wins out, why do they not? Why do they not get a chance? So that's my only beef with that. I think there still could be a chance. I remember the first year of the playoff, and it just so happened to be Ohio State. They were number fifteen, I want to say, uh, after that first playoff reveal, and they jumped up and they won the whole thing. So I think there, it, for teams like Illinois, for teams like North Carolina. Um, Maybe a one-loss USC in the Pac-12 championship or something like that. Or a one-loss UCLA. I'll say that because they're 12. Um, There's still a chance. I don't know, man. I feel like they – because, like, that's the thing. Ohio State gets the Ohio State bump, though. If Like, North Carolina beats Virginia by 40 this weekend. They move up what? Zero spots unless teams in front of them lose. Like, for Ohio State, if they beat any Big Ten team, it could be Rutgers by 40. They would get a four-point bump just because they got the win by that much. So, again, we'll see. I don't think North Carolina wins it out anyways. But just that kind of creation just kind of frustrates me because it's just like, like, how is Utah above them? How is, I don't know if they're above them, but they were like kind of in the same ballpark. Like, again, why is UCF ranked? It makes no sense to me why UCF is ranked. Now, granted, they play Tulane, I think it's this weekend, at Tulane. So, um, hopefully Tulane just beats them and get rid of UCF out of the thing. But if UCF beats Tulane, why is Louisville not being talked about as being ranked? I understand the Boston College loss. But, you know, for a committee that loves to talk about injuries, you would think the Malik Cunningham injury in that game would be a big deal. (laughs) So, anyways, that's all I've got on the rankings. At this point, especially when it comes to Clemson, Went out. Went out and you're in. Plain and simple. Easy enough. And, like, the nice thing is, is, like, this is probably the best time to play Notre Dame because there's actually some juice to Notre Dame. Like, it stinks that Syracuse lost Notre Dame. But I think it wakes up Clemson a little bit more. And to go to South Bend, obviously, is going to be tough. So we'll talk about that game in a preview in a little bit. But, yeah, that's all I've got, Nick. I mean, anything else before we move on to the previews? No, I think um, for the first playoff reveal of this season, um, this is like the most I've ever agreed with them. I remember last year how they had had something ridiculous, but it ended up being true in the end. But I think they did a good job for this playoff ranking. So that's all I got. Love it. All right. Well, on this week's in the ACC, our biggest spread is nine and a half. So it's supposed to be close game weekend here in the ACC. We kick it off Friday night on 7 o'clock on ESPN2. Duke heads to Boston College. Duke wins. That's all Duke I've got. Wins. Duke wins. That's all I've got. <laughs> uh, and and you know I think nine and a half seems a little high for a cover, but Boston College quit, so they cover. And you know what? I think this is going to be like a huge – win for Duke. Like, going on the road to an Atlantic team, you don't really... Oh, I don't know. Going bowling? (laughs) Going bowling, yeah. Like, not only just going bowling, but the fact... I don't know what it is. Like, 
hey, we beat I, – I know it's Boston College, but this is a team we don't really play a lot. You know, we play one every six years, which after this year won't happen anymore. But that's just like another thing Another thing in your cap, you know? Like I think Duke is, is going to get up for this game. I think they're just going to – they're going to win. I think they cover. Um, this Duke team's ready. They are excited. And I got my – what, what clinched it for me, Nick, was I got my favorite press release. I don't know if you saw today, but the athletic director at Boston College released something to the Boston Globe saying, we believe in Jeff Halfley. We know things are, you know, the wins aren't coming this year, but we believe that eventually they will come, you know, which I don't think they needed to issue that press release. If you're a Boston College fan calling for Jeff Halfley's head, shut up. <laughs> like, shut up. <laughs> It's Boston College. No offense. You're not grabbing a great coach right now. Jeff Halfley is a great coach to have at this moment in time. Maybe y'all should realize that Steve Adazio leaves a mess. Like, Nick, if you follow college football and follow the great Steve Adazio, you will see that anything that Steve Adazio gets his hands on, when he gets fired and or leaves, it is a shit show. Look at Colorado State this season. Steve Adazio left a mess at Colorado State. Like, Jay Norvell, like, the best, like, the quarterback at Colorado State is the reason that JMU was even ranked at any point this season. He transferred out because Steve Adazio didn't know how to use him. It's about as bad as, you know, Justin Fuente and the whole Hennon Hooker situation. Like, they had talent in their locker room and didn't know what to do with it. But, hey, at least, you know, he, he, he coaches dudes, you know, because Steve Adazio is all about the dudes. So, Boston College, calm down. Like, the season's over. I understand you don't want to lose the Duke and lose this and lose the UConn, but and that is a brutal back-to-back weeks to lose <laughs> of losses between <laughs> UConn and Duke. But... Right now, your program is hanging on by a thread. I don't know the status of Phil Dracovic, but good chance that he's going to not be at 100% health in this game, or Leonard will be. So, yeah, Duke Duke covers. This over-under is like 47. I wouldn't be shocked if it's like a 27 to 10 game, so the under hits. Yeah. So, all I've got, we move to noon. Virginia... Only a seven and a half point dog at home against the number seventeen ranked Tar Heels. Currently, the spread opened at ten and got moved down to seven and a half. The money line ninety two percent are on North Carolina. Sixty eight percent are on the seven and a half for the Tar Heels as well. Over under at fifty nine. Noah Taylor is out in this game for the Tar Heels on defense. Is this somebody else out too? I think there are two yeah. guys out. There's another guy out. I'm drawing a blank on who it is now, so I apologize, Tar Heel fans. But maybe in just a second. But continue. All logic says North Carolina rolls in this game. Virginia can't score. And honestly, Virginia's defense has been very good the last two weeks. They have not given up a touchdown in two straight weeks. But 
I really do think that's a little bit of a circumstance between playing Zach Gibson for two quarters, Jeff Sims for two quarters, and Jeff Garcia or Jake Garcia. Jeez, I'll never get this right anymore. But Jake Garcia for Miami and four quarters of football. All things scream that it's destined for North Carolina to house Virginia. Nick, why do I have a feeling that Virginia actually has a chance in this game? That Virginia's due for one. They're due for one. Like, Tony Elliott's due for one win that us as Virginia fans can look at and go, it's going to take time, but we can do it. We can believe in you, Tony. I'll tell you why. Uh, There are a lot more injuries than we thought uh, for Carolina's defense. Uh, Noah Taylor's out for the year. Uh, Caleb Hood and Dez Evans are out for uh, UVA. Um, I'm reading this off of FQ North Carolina because he does a pretty good job at getting player updates. Rucker and Nesbitt. Uh, to okay. be determined. This was a day ago when he tweeted that out. Um, oh, Des Evans is actually going to be done for the year. So uh, they're missing three starters, and one is to be determined. So, but still, still, logic still says Carolina should win because, like, this was this was a great take that I. I so the Coventry podcast once again. Danny Cannell is big on North Carolina right now. And they're starting to get a little big on North Carolina. Like, they're kind of being slept on, all this stuff, yada, yada, yada. And Bud Elliott goes, yeah, they may have a lot of defensive injuries, but now the defense is going to go from 103rd in the country to 111th. Oh, no. (laughs) It went from bad to bad. (laughs) So, like, when we bet North Carolina, we're not betting the defense to make plays. Yeah. But, but, I'm good in North Carolina. I can't pick Virginia. But, man, there's a gut feeling. Like, I'm I'm just going to use my brain here. Like, this is like one of those where, you know, you know the answer on the test, but then you start talking yourself out of the answer. So then you pick the wrong answer. I'm not letting myself talk myself out of it. North Carolina is going to win. But, I mean... I will say, this just makes too much sense, man. It's a trap spot. I mean, what? North Carolina Wake is two weeks away. Who does Carolina have next week? Anyone of note? Let's see. I believe it is Bert. No, it's... Uh... Oh, no, it is Wake oh, next have... week. Oh, it is. Oh, it is Wake next yeah, week. I, I I'm, just, I'm just off on timing, I guess. Oh, that's right, because... We have. A, I knew it was when we had a home football game at ETSU. Well, I'm forgetting that ETSU is a home football game next week. Because I just found out today I have to travel to Mississippi State when we play there. Um, which is fun. I get to go to Mississippi State for free. But we're going to lose by probably 70 to Mississippi State. Um, Wait, ETSU is playing Mississippi State? Yeah, the week before the Egg Bowl. Oh, no way. That's pretty hype. I didn't know that. Yeah, your boy will be credentialed on the sidelines for an SDC game. Now, granted, it's SEC versus SOCON, but it still counts, right? But anyway, like, um, you know, it is a sleepy look-ahead spot, man. It's a look-ahead spot. And we've seen, I mean, again, the team does not feel like the teams of the past, 
But the last two times these teams have played, man, talk about flipping points. Hell, go back to 2019. Actually, did they play COVID 2020? I think they did. But either way, I know 2019 with Bryce Perkins, that game was insane on Halloween, which, by the way, the week after Halloween, unfortunately. But, (laughs) man, I don't know. This is going to be... This, this gives off some spooky vibes, man. Like, it's kind of one of those things where the defense... Be, like, all I have to say, if Virginia can't score this week against North Carolina, we're fucked. <laughs> we're not scoring another touchdown the rest of the season. This is the worst defense we have left on the schedule. That includes Coastal. That includes Pitt. That includes Virginia Tech. So... They give me the Tar Heels, but man, I have like I just have this like weird feeling slash vision of me getting ready for kickoff in Knoxville, or not in Knoxville, excuse me, in Athens for Tennessee, Georgia, and my phone goes off and Virginia has somehow beaten USC or UNC, not USC. Wow, I'm having a hard hard day today. Reason why I say that is there's been times in my life that I've gone to games. Where I did not expect a Virginia win, and I'm so focused on the game that I'm at that I'm shocked when I see Virginia has somehow won a game they weren't supposed to. So, I don't know, man. I don't know. But, yeah, Tar Heels should win. <laughs> Drake May is the best quarterback in the ACC. Drake May is the best quarterback in the ACC. Drake May is the best quarterback in the ACC. Hopefully, that's enough times to put the Sam Hartman curse on him. <laughs> yeah. Um... I really don't have a lot like you bring up a good point that their defense went from bad to bad. Like they lost a lot of guys this week, but is that really going to be, if anything, Micah, it could be better. Like these guys could step up for North Carolina and maybe just maybe now they lost. These are big names that they did lose. It's they're no slouches, but you never know. They could be, you know, next man up type of mentality and make some plays throughout the rest of the season. So you never know, but I'll roll with the heels. Um, I think because it's a rivalry game and it's at Virginia, uh, Virginia can make it close throughout the game. Um, I think Brendan Armstrong will get some opportunities. I think they're going to have, I think Carolina will have some trouble stopping uh, 99 on your team. I forgot his name. I'm sorry. Good old Keaton Thompson, the ninth-year player. Thank you, yeah. <laughs> the um, man who beat Lamar Jackson in his last-ever college football game. <laughs> oh, yeah. Mississippi State, Louisville. That's right. That's right. Um, yeah, so I think Carolina will end up covering, but Virginia, I think they'll make some plays. I think they will. So uh, give me the heels. All right, we move on to 12:30. Georgia Tech, a three-point dog in Blacksburg in the Battle of the Techs. Man, two weeks ago I would have picked Georgia Tech, but sounds like Sims is still done. I actually have no idea. I never actually saw what they ruled on Sims. Oh, look right now. I never actually. Uh... I don't think he's playing this game. I don't think so either. But I'm more just like, is he like? Done for a long period. No! Oh, whoa! Oh! Six hours ago, my man Kelly Queenan, or Keenan Queen, I can never say his name correct, so I apologize, Kelly. But he is the publisher and writer for Rivals in Yahoo Sports covering Georgia Tech. 
six hours ago. Jeff Sims is back as QB1 this week. Oh, that makes a difference. Where's your head at? Finish them, Georgia Tech. Finish the Virginia Tech bowl streak. Give me the Yellow Jackets, baby. No reason why at all. Just, oh, it would be so beautiful to see Lane Stadium pissed off. Two and seven. Mm. Virginia did could they, lose. Did they not go? I thought they didn't go bowling last year. No, they put in the pinstripe. No, they went to a bowl game. They didn't show up at said bowl game. <laughs> As they oh, lost to Maryland, yeah, they lost right. to Maryland like fifty-seven to three, but they did make an appearance, and I think they opted out in COVID, but they were bowl eligible COVID year as well. Um, so by rule, this would be the first time they wouldn't be bowl eligible in twenty-eight years, maybe. Finish them. Virginia's had so many chances to finish them in years past, and they haven't done it. So do it for us, Georgia Tech. Do it. Make also put Georgia Tech at four and five. With like, again, is it is are they going to go bowling? Probably not. But, but give them a reason. <laughs> give them a reason to keep fighting for it. Yeah. Three like it's a thing, man. Like. I wonder, I'm assuming this number does include Jeff Sims because the way I look at it is Blacksburg gives you probably two and a half points, maybe even three, but it is a day game. So we'll say two and a half points into the spread. So it kind of makes it a pick em leaning Virginia Tech. And that kind of makes sense because if Jeff Sims wasn't playing, from what we saw, I know it was only one quarter of football from Virginia Tech, but what we saw in that one quarter was way better than anything we've seen from Georgia Tech in the last six quarters of football they've played. So you could just be like, okay, that makes sense. That that line would probably be bigger if Sims was out because you would probably go Tech's a four-point, five-point favorite on a neutral, then give them the lane stadium extras, additional points, get them to eight or nine. So three kind of makes sense, but that should tell you everything you need to know. But literally the only reason why the Hokies are favored because it's at Lane. Which kind of makes me feel like, okay, <laughs> Jeff Sims, Georgia Tech, Yellow Jackets. Like, now the thing is, Nick, because Jeff Sims was getting that same type of status and hype going against Virginia on that Thursday night. And then it got rolled up again and he was done for two weeks or, you know, rest of the game and then last week. Is he actually 100%? They're all just saying QB1 and at full speed, but what does that mean? Because like if he goes out again, it's, this, this is over and the Hokies win. But I'm just going to assume Sims is healthy. Selfishly, I want to continue that way. If Virginia loses to North Carolina, they still have a better record than Virginia Tech, which would make me happy. Like At least they're sucking worse than we are. So, yeah, give me... Give me the Yellow Jackets to cover, pull the upset. Because I think that Jeff Sims is better than Grant Wells. As long as he's on the field, he's better than Grant Wells. Like, unless Grant Wells can channel third quarter NC State again, they're probably not scoring a lot. So, give me the Yellow Jackets. And they like winning in lane. I wanted to add that, too. Georgia Tech's had some success in lane stadium. So... 
Why not? You know what, Micah? I'm with you. I think if Jeff Sims plays this game, Georgia Tech is going to win. Virginia Tech had the biggest letdown of letdowns this season. This, like, that game last week against NC State was probably a bigger letdown than Old Dominion because you gave up a big lead. It wasn't close at first. You're running away with it, and you've got number, what was State at the time, like 21, I think I want to say. Probably. Uh, Oh, I'm sorry. No, they were 24. So you got a top 25 team on the road. And you let that happen. You there's no way. That. There's no way you were only 24. There's no way you moved up for that win. Yes, I think you did. were 21. No, we moved up. We didn't move up three spots, though. There's no way, Nick. Yeah, no we way. did. I tweeted it. If you follow me on fifth quarter NC State, I said not only did we stay in the top 25, but we moved up three spots. I was as shocked. Oh, yeah. as, I'm mm. as shocked as you. Oh, wow. It was, I mean, you're I, not wrong. You're not wrong. That's crazy. Yeah, so big letdown spot for Virginia Tech um, in last week, and I think that really just killed whatever you know life they had left in this season. Georgia Tech has been a shaky team all year. They fired their coach. They got some good wins uh, right after that happened. They don't look too terrible against a Florida State team that's turning the corner. I mean, they made some plays with a backup QB, but you're going up against one of the worst coastal teams. And if Jeff is back, I think it, they, they win. Like that's, that's what I think, man. I think Georgia tech, they can take it to them. I think Virginia tech is out of life. I think that, that game against NC state really just blew the wind out of their sails. Um, yeah, I don't disagree with you. And what's crazy to think, Nick, so I'm looking through right now because ESPN FBI is always great. Virginia Tech is not favored in another game the rest of the season. They're favored this weekend. They're favored to lose at home to Virginia. They are more than 70% dogs, so you know they do the percentages, so 30% chance that they win at either Duke or Liberty. Like, I don't think Virginia Tech's going bowling regardless. And I, the more you talk about that letdown spot or, like, how disappointing that was of what happened last week, you're not wrong, man. Like, if Georgia Tech can come out early and punch them in the mouth, I don't know that they have anything left. And so, yeah, I kind of agree with you. Um, wow. Crazy stuff there. So, yeah. I'm rocking with you there, too. All right. We move on to 330. Syracuse at Pitt. Pitt, a three-and-a-half-point favorite. Give me Cuse. There's no home field advantage to Pitt. I understand that Garrett... Let me check the status of Garrett Schrader, actually, before I go on this full spiel here. Man, this is really annoying that we have to check quarterback statuses every single game. <laughs> can we stay healthy in the ACC? That'd be real nice, guys. You know, can, can you guys help us out here a little bit? Let's see. Latest. There's nothing on it. Am I spelling Garrett Schrader wrong? It's just spelled like normal Garrett, right? I think so. 
They're, they're saying he's 50-50. At least based off the spelling that I have of Garrett Schrader. Let's see. Oh, it's got two T's. I spelled it with one. Might be... As it happens when you have a coworker spelled it weird, you just start spelling it like they do. Garrett Schrader. Let's see. Status of Garrett Schrader. Latest. He's up for the Davy O'Brien Award. Cool. Not that I don't care. Okay, so here it is. Garrett Schrader is questionable. And there's a Q Sports Talk radio station. I will not watch this video, but his conversational piece to this video is, is it worth potentially risking Garrett Schrader's health down the stretch? So my thought process is, is they're kind of like, eh? Here's my thing. I don't know if they need Garrett Schrader to beat them. The only thing that I will say... You know what? Actually, I tell my mind. I'm picking Pitt. And the reason why is Izzy abandoned Kanda. It has nothing to do with Garrett Schrader. Syracuse can't stop the run. Notre Dame ran all over them. Yeah, they can't... Will Shipley is the reason that Syracuse did not pull the upset in Death Valley. Yeah, give me give me Izzy. Now, give me Syracuse to cover. I think Pitt wins by three. That gets you in the three and a half. I think three and a half seems a little high. I don't think Pitt's going to roll Syracuse in this one. But even if Gary Schrader plays, he's probably not going to be fully healthy. Izzy Abandoned is the is the factor here. Feed him, feed him, feed him some more. Let him beat you. So, yeah. Give me, give me the Panthers. And... Adios, Syracuse in the top 25. It was nice knowing you. We appreciate you coming. At least you're guaranteed a bowl game. And it is going to be kind of funny, Nick, that Syracuse with Robert and I is living the same road that Virginia lived last year with Robert and I. Start the season off so hot, ranked in the top 25, all this hype, and then just fizzles off at the end. So, anyways, give me the Panthers. Yeah, you know what? I might have to roll with the Panthers. Izzy to the hizzy, baby. Izzy to the hizzy. Um, it's. I think it's going to be very close. I think this is going to be within the um, the spread for sure. When I look at Syracuse, when I look at Pitt, Pitt has had, believe it or not, Micah, debatably a tougher schedule than Syracuse has. Yeah. Debatably. Now, I know they played Clemson. Take the Clemson game out and take out, you know, DJ having a bad game and making that game very close. Take all that out. Syracuse's toughest game is either at home against Purdue, which they won by three, or at home against NC State with a backup quarterback, where they didn't even know who their backup quarterback was going to be yet. Um, Pitt has played West Virginia, who is an okay, not-so-good team, but that's a rivalry. They took number one Tennessee to overtime, and they played Carolina and Louisville, who are on a hot streaks right now. So, sure. debatably, Pitt has had maybe a tougher schedule. And they're not missing or not, you know, 
in question of their quarterback right now, in question of their health. So I'll go with Pitt. I think it's close. I think this is going to be an old-fashioned running game, though. Sean Tucker, Izzy to the hizzy. That run the ball. Like this is going to be a classic 1980s run the ball game. I like this game will be highlighted by the two teams running backs. Yep. Which we haven't seen in so long. Like that's crazy to say. These are the top two backs. If you want to throw Will Shipley in there, you can. I think he's up, definitely up there with these two guys. But this is a running back game. For sure. And I think Izzy has a little bit more juice in him. And I think Pitt's got right now at least a healthy quarterback. So I'll take Pitt. Yeah. And like, I don't even think, I mean, not to say that that was just Dr. Keaton Slovis. Like, I don't even really need to debate healthy quarterback. I think just your key offensive piece is like, no disrespect to Sean Tucker, but he is a workload back. He's very similar to what A.J. Dillon was when he was at Boston College. Like, he is ground, pound. Like, and also, too, your offensive coordinator is Robert and I, who wants to throw the ball 40 times a game. Or when Pat Narduzzi wants to hand the ball off and hand the ball off and hand the ball off and then hand the ball off again, then QB draw, then hand the ball off. So, yeah, I think Keaton Slovis will be able to do enough, too. So, um, you know. That's what I've got here. So, yeah. That's all I've got. Hopefully, Garrett Schrader can play. That'd be definitely make the game more competitive. All right. Move to 7.30. Kickoff. James Madison heads to Louisville. Louisville, seven-and-a-half-point favorite. It would be the most Louisville thing in the world to lose this game. James Madison arguably has the better quarterback. Like, Todd Centineo is fantastic. Again, the transfer from Colorado State that I kind of talked about a little bit earlier. But Louisville's the better team. They're riding high. We, we were talking about a coach that was almost getting fired a couple weeks ago when their team was 2-3. and three. They've burned off three straight. It's in their best interest to win this game, Nick, because it's Clemson, NC State, and Kentucky to finish. There's no guarantee they win any of those games. Yeah, and they need one more to go bowling, and that's the only way I think Satterfield keeps his job is if they're bowling this year. And even then, that might need to be seven or eight, seven and five or eight and four. But you have to win this one, or the hot seat's coming right back on you. So give me the cards. We'll say they cover. I say they win by like fourteen, maybe ten. Yeah, give me the cards. I, I just think that this team is playing for Scott Satterfield, which I think is the reason why they should keep him regardless. They're the better team. JMU is a good team. JMU is cooling off, so it doesn't help Louisville's case because Louisville's getting hyped now. But I think Louisville wins this game, and maybe we see them in the top 25 this, con- this time next week. Yeah, that that's a possibility. Um, Louisville, another very hot team in the ACC. I mean, what the, the, they have got to think the schedule makers right now because of how their season's going and how, you know, they get a little, they get, they get a inferior opponent. Now JMU is good, but you're right. They have cooled off the last two weeks. They had a bad loss against Marshall, not so good loss against Georgia Southern. Um, They've cooled off since their five game winning streak and being ranked in the AP. 
Louisville, it's at home. It's a night game. It's probably going to be a sellout crowd. I have no doubt about that. Things are clicking. Um, they're, they're ready to pounce on JMU. It might be the last time they pounce on a team because of who they have to finish with. But, and you're right, there's no guarantee that Louisville wins those three games. I mean, Kentucky has owned them the last few years. Clemson's the number one team. And NC State has this defense. Um, it's going to be tough that for them along the for the rest of the season. But right now, I just think it's all cards. Night game. Uh, Satterfield has saved his job right now. He'll save it even more if they beat the hell out of them. Um, give me the cards. I think they win. Yep. I like it. All right. We move on to a rivalry that's always fun. Florida State, a seven and a half point road favorite at the Canes on ABC at seven thirty. Yeah, give me Florida State. It sounds like Van Dyke's not for sure back. Florida State needs this win to just continue to ride that momentum. I think Nick, if Florida State can house Miami this week, they're in the top twenty-five next week. Again, with some help, of course. With some help, I mean. We have, I mean, if every team in the top 25 wins, uh, that's within reason of them catching, then maybe not. But, you know, like, for example, if Syracuse loses, Florida State might just hop right in, not take their place in terms of being number 20 or number 19, but they might hop into the top 25 because Syracuse fell out. So, you know, that is something that we have to consider. Like, Miami looks terrible. They did not deserve to win against Virginia. Granted, they didn't deserve to lose against Virginia because Virginia didn't deserve to win either. Neither team deserved to win on Saturday in Charlottesville. I think Florida State's riding some momentum. I'm not going to say that this Georgia Tech team that they played last week is better than Miami, but I would say that they have, what, maybe a touchdown, 10 points worse than Miami, and Florida State housed them. So I think Florida State covers here. They win by two scores. Florida State can finally dunk on Miami fans, kind of reclaim the rivalry. I wouldn't be shocked if half that crowd at Hard Rock is wearing garnet and gold. Yes, give me the Knowles. I would probably say most of that crowd is going to be wearing <laughs> maroon and gold. Um, yeah, give me the Knowles. I mean, Miami's done. They're so done. Um I know they just beat Virginia, but this Florida State team is turning a corner. Um, that's gonna be uh, that's gonna be such a sad, sad, sad situation for Miami. It's at home. It's your rival. You're you had all these expectations this year, and you're just blowing it so hard. Your quarterback's in and out all the time. Um, while the future does look bright for Miami with the new stadium and, you know, Mario Cristobal needs to get his guys in and all that stuff right now, it's not looking good. We're here. We are here in the now. And now you got a Florida state team that is a lot closer to their future than you are. And, oh man, why is this game on ABC? Why can't Lake and state be on ABC? I'm sure Chris and Kirk would rather be in Raleigh Saturday than Miami in a soccer stadium. You um, know exactly why this is on ABC, Nick. It's because, the brands. Well, yeah, 
because the college football fans that actually know good football will now tune into ACC Network, but the casual fan will tune into the, and it doesn't matter. Let's be real. No one's watching this game anyway, because you know what's on at 7.30 on ESPN? LSU. Alabama and LSU. So nobody's going to be watching it anyways. Why so now the that game on ABC? Oh, my God. So there's a reason why that game's not on ABC, Nick, because the SEC cannot be on ABC. There's your fun fact of the day. The SEC, think about it. There's never an SEC game on ABC. Was if it's going to be, Tennessee if it's going to be. Alabama if, not on ABC? No, it's on CBS. Any game. Oh, yeah. Any game that is considered national television, like local, new, like local stations, you know, so like CBS, Fox, ABC, the SEC can only, currently, of course, that's going to change with their new contract, but. With the contract that they're obviously in right now, it has to be CBS. Gotcha. Okay. So that is why it is not on ABC. <laughs> Makes sense. Okay. Um, so anyway, yeah, I mean, this is Florida State's time. They're going to reclaim the rivalry. Um, they look really, really good. I'm, I'm scared. For, I, th- this might be like – if you're a Miami fan, this might be – the darkest time right now to be a fan in the Mario Cristobal era. Like right now, the one positive thing I can say about Miami is that after this Saturday, I, I want to believe that it won't get any worse. Like, let's say the stadium comes within the next five years. Mario Cristobal has got you consistently in the top 25. You're competing for ACC titles. You're in conversations for the playoff. We always harp on this, right? And it's Chris Ball's first year, so give him some time. This could be just the darkest time this Saturday for Miami. So we'll see, but I'm expecting that stadium to be filled with maroon and gold. Filled. Yeah. And again, this is this is just a this is a you know, we talked about it. We talked about it earlier in the year, of course, with Florida State. Like they need statement wins. This is one of those wins, just getting over the hump against a rival like Miami. It might not be a good Miami team, but just beating them at their place is a step in the right direction. And it's it's more of a statement because Florida State teams under Willie Taggart would lose this game when they should win it. So take care of business. Get into the top 25 next week. Because you know what's crazy, Nick? If LSU does beat Bama and Florida State wins this game, I will riot if Florida State's not ranked. Because oh, you know why, because be. you know why Texas is ranked, right? Because they played Bama close. Florida State literally beat LSU, <laughs> and they'd both be six and three. Like, out, like Texas is the only three-loss team that's ranked, which makes no effing sense to me. The only reason why is because Quinn Ewers is supposedly good, and he is good. I'm not saying he's not, but like, he's not good enough to win them all these games. No, they should have beaten Bama. But, anyways, nonetheless. That's all that matters. So, but, you know, anyways, yeah, give me the, give me the uh, good old Knowles here. All right. We moved to 730. Man, this night slate's fun, man. Whew. Clemson goes to Notre Dame. Notre Dame, a three-and-a-half-point underdog at home. Give me Clemson. Give me Clemson. Simple. I'm not going to overthink this. Notre Dame. Trending in the right direction. People are starting to go, oh, Clemson's interesting. And guess what? Now that's, why is Clemson four? They're the most overrated. Like, 
All I'm seeing is how overrated Clemson is at number four after beating four ranked teams. Or sorry, three ranked teams currently. Soon to be four when Florida State gets ranked. <laughs> like, <laughs> the number 10 team in the country couldn't even beat a team that Florida State beat on the road. Or excuse me, that Clemson beat on the road in Florida State. This is, this is, I mean, I understand Notre Dame beat them in the COVID year. And it feels very similar to that. To a point. But I think Dad was going to use that as energy. There are some guys on the team that were there during the COVID year that saw it. And I also think that, like, I mean, DJ played in that game. DJ is, I mean, I understand it wasn't full capacity. But DJ is, has experienced Notre Dame game day. He has experienced the nightlight. Ian Book and that Notre Dame team is way better than what they currently have right now in South Bend. Notre Dame winning last week, I think, did Clemson a huge favor because it should open Clemson's eyes. Because Notre Dame did what Clemson should have done against Syracuse. So now Clemson should realize, hey, and they got a chance to, to rest up. This is a Clemson team who has had guys, especially on the defensive side of the ball, that have been missing multiple games, and now they're getting back healthy. This Clemson team is better than Notre Dame. Single, like, no question in my mind on that. Give me Clemson and win by a touchdown. I mean, it doesn't matter if it's Kate Klobnick. It doesn't matter if it's DJ. I don't, I don't think it's going to be Kate. I don't think they're going to need Kate Klobnick in this one. I think DJ knows better. I think DJ is going to be able to tap into the fact that he had his best, arguably his best college performance in South Bend the year that they lost. But that wasn't his fault they lost. <laughs> and this Notre Dame defense is not dropping 45 on Clemson. I'll tell you that right now. So, yeah, give me the Tigers. They're going to get this one done. Yeah, that's all I got. Yeah, I mean, let's be real. It looked bad against Syracuse, but they had the bye week. Dabo's all in on DJ again. And when you really look at that game, Kate Klobnik didn't have the best of games either. Uh, I think the Clemson defense just kind of woke up. And, yes, they got some calls their way. There's no doubt about that. But – Clemson, if they want to be different, if they want to shut the hitters up, they have to go into South Bend and beat them. I think they will. Um, that's, I mean, I, you said everything, Micah. I think they're going to do very well in this game. Um, if they lose, if DJ – okay, here's the scenario. If Clemson wins by a touchdown or less than a touchdown, DJ struggles again. What's the narrative now? What's going to happen? Is DJ going to be benched? Does he get? Will he get benched this game? Um, in the middle of the game, I don't know. There are a lot of questions that could happen. What do sure. I think they'll happen? No, I'm going to lean towards no. I think Dabo's a good enough coach to calm DJ down, get him back on track, and beat the hell out of Notre Dame. But it's not wrong to question these things. He could be benched. He uh, he could throw a couple of interceptions. It could be a close game. We don't know. So, and a big piece of this too that like you know major college ball writers have pointed out. Then DJ played bad against Syracuse. Garrett Wilson, I believe it's Garrett Wilson, right? The DB for Syracuse, Garrett Wilson. I think so. I believe yeah. so. Yeah, he. 
is arguably the best defensive back in college football. That man is locked down. If locked down is a statement, you put a picture of what looks like locked down in the dictionary, we got Garrett Wilson from Syracuse. That man, phenomenal. Guess who didn't play against Notre Dame for more than a couple snaps because he got hurt? Garrett Wilson. I'm not saying that's the reason why that, you know, Notre Dame or, or something that Syracuse didn't win the game, but it definitely, again, just like Garrett Schrader going down, hurt them because Syracuse can't stop the run. We've talked about it already. Once Clemson realized that, like, I mean, let's be honest, Drew, Drew Pine, Drew Payne, whatever it is, Drew Pine didn't have any better success against Syracuse without Garrett Wilson in the secondary than DJ did with him in the secondary. And I'm not saying that we want to, like, he's, like if Clemson's going to win a national title, DJ has to be better than Drew Pine. But we're talking about this game. Will Shipley, and no disrespect to Sean Tucker, is better than Sean Tucker only because, especially in this game, Clemson has the threat to throw the ball. <laughs> if you can key off on Will Shipley the whole game, he'll have the same type of numbers as Sean Tucker. Sean Tucker also is not as explosive, in my opinion, as Will Shipley is. He's also not as big of a pass-catching threat as Will Shipley. And that's not disrespect to Sean Tucker. That's like, Nick, you are a big 49ers fan. You, you mentioned it on the last pod, how much you like Christian McCaffrey. Does it not feel like Will Shipley, he's not as good as Christian McCaffrey, but in terms of how, his, like how he is as a player, isn't he very similar to you? I know to me, I see a Christian McCaffrey, a guy who's got speed, who's got good hands, who's got good decision-making. And no disrespect to both of those guys, but not always the healthiest. (laughs) (laughs) Like, very similar type of guys. And Christian McCaffrey, just a better player, but similar type, right? Where Sean Tucker is your ground and pound, take it to you, let's go to the woodshed. Like, like if you ask me who I want in Oklahoma drill, give me Sean Tucker 10 out of 10 times. Ask me who I want in a 7-on-7 game, give me Will Shipley 10 out of 10 times. So... You know, I just think that there's just too many advantages here. Like, I think Notre Dame also benefited from the fact that they faced a team in Syracuse and a team in North Carolina when they beat them that could not stop the run. Clemson can stop the run. <laughs> so, yeah, give me the Tigers. And I, I, we've seen it all week. Dabo it seems very calm, very collective talking about complimenting Notre Dame, what it's like to go. It's just a beautiful place. I mean, I'm excited to see Sanford Stadium this week because Notre Dame is still my favorite place I've ever been for a game, and I don't know how it's going to get beat. Um, Tennessee is actually second. I much as I like to shit on Tennessee, Rocky Top's great. Neyland Stadium's fantastic. So I'm interested to see what Sanford Stadium's going to be, but I mean, it, it's, a, it's an honor for Clemson to play there. I just think that you know, and again, there's there's actually some hype around Notre Dame now. Like, there's a bunch of national media people who are like, there are people that are shocked, Nick, that Notre Dame didn't get ranked in the college ball playoff. And don't get me wrong, like, they were like my 30th ranked team in my fifth quarter poll because some of their wins are better. Like, they have two top 25 wins. The Marshall and Stanford loss look bad, but there's some teams with some bad losses in college football too. But, yeah, no, I just... Let's just use logic. I mean, 
Because if not, like, again, Notre Dame could easily win this game. But I think it's just, I think it's also the week, week of the favorites. The week of the favorites. Minus a team named Virginia Tech. <laughs> but, all right, we move on to the final game of the week. I don't see anything else to add. And it's the game that our man, Nick himself, will be in attendance for. No, I got nothing else to add. Let's let's go. Well, before we preview it, Nick, you bought the tickets a week ago before NC State's scare against Virginia Tech and before Wake's abysmal, more like Sam Hartman's abysmal performance against Louisville. I'm sure you're not more excited. I'm sure it would have been more exciting if the both teams, if Wake had won, but... I think with Wake losing last week, there's more intrigue to this now. It's definitely a closer ranking matchup. Think about it. If Wake doesn't lose, this is like 21 versus 9, 10. <laughs> How excited are you to be at the Rocking Carter Finley uh, at 8 o'clock? And Nick, please tell me they're doing like a red out or something for this game. Ooh, you know what? That's a good question. I need to look that up and see what they're doing. I mean, it would it would be kind of dumb to do a. They they did a blackout last week. Yeah, they did the blackout last week, and it would be really dumb to do black against the team whose primary color is black. But (laughs) I think I think they got to do a red out. They have or a white out. White out would be kind of sick. I think NC State could pull off of the teams in the ACC. Maybe a hot take, Nick. But I think I think you'll like my hot take here. If there's one fan base in in the ACC, I think they could pull off. I mean, again, it won't be the same amount of people as Beaver Stadium. Who could pull off a whiteout? As this car says, this car that just drove by Nick has flashing green, purple, and blue lights underneath it. So this guy, uh, this guy gets it. But, anyways, um, you know, I think NC State is a fan base. Maybe Virginia Tech too. But I think NC State's the place that, like, if you said, "Hey, NC State fans, everyone wears white," that place would be white as snow. Like, I genuinely think that NC State fans get it. I think it'd be one of the cool. Like I think I think it could be the coolest whiteout in the ACC. Maybe Lane Stadium just because you throw in under Sandman, but honestly, it would be a pretty cool whiteout, to be honest. But anyways, that's off the subject. I mean, Nick, how excited are you to be there? Oh my God, I'm very excited. And real quick, I actually have been. We we did do a whiteout my junior year. Uh, they picked. The absolute wrong day to do a whiteout because was it rainy? our second game of the year and it was like ninety four degrees. <laughs> oh my god! I think we were playing. I think we were playing Georgia State. Dude, I hate like Virginia Tech does the whiteout almost every year against the FCS team they play, and it's like why? Fucking why? <laughs> I don't know. It was like if you're gonna do a whiteout, it's got to be cold. It's got to be cold. Well, it doesn't have to be cold. It just has to. It just has to be like a night game. Like that's why, like Penn State did the stripe the stadium against Ohio State because they're like, we're not doing the whiteout at noon. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, I'm, I'm very excited. Uh, and and you're right. The fact that Wake lost gets me more excited. That it's a close ranked on ranked matchup. I have a little bit more confidence going into it. Um, like I said before, I said it last week, I said it multiple times on this podcast before. 
yet to go to an NC State Wake Forest game where NC State has won the football game. I have yet to go to one. Um, I've been to a couple when I was a kid at Wake Forest. Wake has won both those games. Ever since I got into NC State and went to NC State and all that, Wake has won. They won in 2019. Oh, I'm sorry, 2018 when um, uh, when we were supposed to be very good with Ryan Finley. 2019 was an off year. Uh, I went to that game. It was in Winston-Salem, and we got killed. Um, 2020, I did not go. And 2021, I was, you know, we remember what happened then last year. I was at that game. So I think I've been to five or six games of Wake NC State, and every time Wake has won. So I might be setting myself up for failure right now, but well, hold on. Let me do the math real quick. I think it was my, let's see, 11, sorry, 10, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18. So it was my ninth Virginia, Virginia Tech game before Virginia finally beat them. So hopefully it doesn't take you that long. I hope, I hope it ends this Saturday. <laughs> I really do. Um, I'm very excited. I can't wait to go. I think Carter Finley is going to be so much fun. It's going to be a madhouse there. I know the fans are ready. Um, like, I think, God, if you had asked me last week, I would say Wake is going to kill us. Right now, I don't know. I think it's going to be close. It's going to be very close. Let's see if I can talk my way into this, talk my way somewhere around this. Um, well, you don't want me to talk then because I'll talk you out of it. <laughs> I think I'm still going to – I think I got to roll with Wake. I mean, look, MJ is a great story. They're, he's an awesome story. That, that third and fourth quarter comeback, true freshman, it was awesome. He looks like the future – um, it's great. And Wake, like they looked so vulnerable against it, uh, against Louisville. And I know State is a lot harder environment than Louisville is by a long shot. Because a, we're gonna have, we already had that crowd sold out. Louisville was not sold out. Yeah. B, our defense, I want to say, is better than Louisville's for sure. Yeah. It's going to be loud. It's going to be rough. There's a whole lot of ruckus. Fans are going to be pounding the walls. We're going to make a lot of noise for Sam Hartman. I know that. I think there are still a lot of holes in Wake Forest's defense. I really do. I think if Tim Beck isn't scared and he lets MJ be himself and take a couple shots, we can get there. The only problem right now where I think Wake has the advantage is, A, obviously the quarterback. B, the wide receivers. Now, I, I know State has a way better defense than Wake Forest, but Wake Forest has elite wide receivers that can make Tanner Ingle and uh, Fagan and uh, Tyler Bacon-Williams look silly. I know they can. I, we, they did it against Clemson. They've done it against every other opponent that they've played. Um, the only advantage, the only way how state can get to Sam Hartman is you got to load the box and you got to pressure him. We've seen it before. 
Sam Hartman has had those games. It happened last week. It happened in the ACC championship. And it happened against Wisconsin in the Dukes-Mayo Bowl. If we can just pressure Sam Hartman, Peyton Wilson can get there, Isaiah Moore, and Drake Thomas, we can all just get there. We're going to cause some problems. But the problem is, can we get there to make sure that Sam doesn't give off a deep shot into the end zone or a deep shot to one of the wide receivers? Um, so that, there's the problem on defense. There's the problem on offense for NC State. Now with Wake, their only problem right now is the defense. And if Sam can get out of his head and just throw the Louisville game away, that's their only problem is on offense is if Sam can just forget about it. And he can, he's done it before he's professional. He can do that. But Wake's defense, you know, nothing to write about, nothing to write about. Neither state's offense, but they, everyone thinks that they found something. So I think Wake wins. Um, I'm not going to jinx it for myself saying that state will win. Because I know deep down that while the hype is great for MJ and it's going to be a sold-out crowd and everyone's back on the hype train, Wake is a good team. And they're ready for this moment. They're ready for a rocking Carter Finley. So Now, I will say they have not been to a rocking Carter Finley since 2018. So this is all new to these guys. They have not been to an environment like this before. Maybe Clemson last year, but let's be honest. It's a lot louder. North Carolina last year was pretty rocking. North, I will say that North Carolina last year was pretty rocking, and they upset. Hell, I mean, I know, I know, it's not the same, but Army was rocking when they went there too. Not saying it's the same, but like those cadets, man, they make more noise than people think. Oh, I'm sure. But but, what is your take? So that's my take. They haven't been to a crowd like this before. I think this is going to be Sam Hartman's toughest matchup yet. NC State on the road. Last week's final score was Wake Forest 21, Louisville 20, Sam Hartman 28. Now, I am very intrigued, Nick, because you you mentioned the Sam Hartman games. He has won a year. Two years ago, 2020, was the Dukes Mail Bowl against Wisconsin. Last game of the season. 2021, okay, last season, AC Championship game against Pitt. Grant, they had one game afterwards, but it was against a 5-7 and seven Rutgers team. And he started pretty slow in that game, and then finally they realized, holy crap, we're 20 times better than this 5-7 and seven Rutgers team who only got in because of APR scores. So I'm intrigued to see because he only has one of these a year, but this is by far the earliest he's had it. And this is the first time he's had to come back with it within a week because obviously after the ACJF game, he had two and a half weeks or whatever it was before he had to play in the Gator Bowl. Do we really think Sam Hartman's going to give NC State 28 points? No. And no disrespect, Nick, but Louisville's offense is better than your offense right now with MJ. Until proven otherwise. Yeah. You, might say, you might say, oh, well, he loved to come back against Virginia Tech. Dude, it's Virginia Tech. And yeah. Virginia Tech has a, has a good defense. They're not, they're not a bad defense by any means. But part of the reason why NC State was able to come back was because Virginia Tech had nothing. They had those three drives, and that's it. Even bad Sam Hartman can do more. And to be honest, Nick, 
if Sam Hartman starts slow, I don't know about you, but I don't actually think that it's a huge regression to throw Mitch Griffiths out there. I think that kid's pretty good. I think that he could. I think he could go blow for blow with MJ. I really do. That's a system quarterback. Yeah. So, if all else fails, I'm not writing Wake off if it does fail. Now, I don't see Dave Clawson going away from <laughs> Sam Hartman unless they're down 28. So then, at that point, Mitch Griffiths ain't leading a comeback. <laughs> but, like, <laughs> Carter is going to be rocking, man. I just, how many times in the last few years have we actually watched Wake lose back-to-back weeks? It's, and, and no disrespect again to NC State, but, yeah, it was great. You came back and beat Virginia Tech last week, but Louisville's been the better football team over the last couple of weeks. And for how bad that game went, Nick, to only lose by 27 is somewhat of an accomplishment. <laughs> Imagine turning the ball over to a team eight times, six and one quarter, and only losing by four scores. Is that an accomplishment? No, you should never turn the ball over eight times. But, I mean, it wasn't like like four of those, again, two pick sixes, one fumble within the 10-yard line. So, like, if Lou, like yeah, if Wake Forest had a great defense, like maybe NC State's defense holds that to a field goal. But not many defenses in the ACC are holding that to under a touchdown, especially with Malik quarterback. And then, of course, they had another one that was a 33-yard drive. Louisville could not move the ball down the field against Wake. But the scoreboard shows a big drastic number because of what we saw. I think Wake wins. I'm going to say by seven because I wouldn't be shocked if like, if, like, State scores with two minutes left and is going for the onside kick but doesn't recover it or maybe even does but just can't pull off the miracle rally. But I think Wake's going to lead by two scores most of the game. And I just... And it's not, it's, it's not a shot at MJ. Like... Honestly, I don't even know if I, 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 I think I'd feel pretty similar if Devin Leary was that quarterback. The Devin Leary we've seen this year. Mm-hmm. So, it, it's just more on the, again, I, I, I want to think, Nick, and I think you're on the same boat as me. Like, last week was an anomaly for Wake Forest. And I just don't see that happening again. I think they're going to come off a little pissed off. Like, no, Wake Forest is ultimate goal, in my opinion, Nick. And this might be a crazy hot take. Maybe not. I think they care more about winning the state than they do actually winning the AC Atlantic. Wrong. Like, you know, you understand how the state of North Carolina works. It's a Carolina and Duke world because of basketball. And then state fans are just incredible fans. There's more App State fans than Wake fans. There are App State fans that, after last week when Wake lost, are acting like their team was somewhat better than Wake, and it's like, huh, have you looked in the mirror, bro? <laughs> you lost to Texas State. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, hell, there's probably more ECU fans than Wake fans in the state of North Carolina. For Wake Forest, winning the Big Four championship is everything. And this is the first step on it. If they can win this game this week at Carolina or at State, excuse me, next week against Carolina won't be easy, 
but you get to come home where at least there'll be 50-50 black in, in Carolina at the at the minimum. There might be more black. I actually expect Wake fans to show up. And then, obviously, they get Duke to end the season. So, an opportunity there as well. This, like, that's honestly all we have left, Nick. We have, we have the Orange Bowl, potentially. Because right now, like, based off what we're seeing, it's probably the winner of this game is the Orange Bowl favorite. Yeah, I said what I said, Carolina fans. Like, <laughs> no offense, North Carolina. You still got two tough-ass Atlantic teams to play. <laughs> like, Nick, this might be a crazy... Actually, you'll, you'll like this take. I think if Wake beats State this weekend, then I think you're not a lot, but riding pretty to beat Carolina the last week of the year. Like I don't, I have no disrespect to and to state in this game. I just think that Wake is the better football team. I still think Wake's the second best team in this conference. I think last week was an anomaly, and they played the wrong team. They do that against half the ACC and pretty much anybody in the coastal, not named North Carolina or probably maybe Duke, because Duke's just a pretty good fundamentally sound football team. You know, they probably still win. <laughs> So, yeah, give me I, – I'm intrigued to see, Nick, your defense because, again, it was only three drives last week against Virginia Tech, and it wasn't really the reason they lost to Syracuse. But I would – and this maybe, – maybe you can give me a better insight onto this. I'm a little disappointed in them because it feels like they haven't done a great job of getting off the field when they need to. Does that make sense? Or when they need that stop, they get it, I'd say, 75% of the time. But in recent years, it's been like 90% of the time. And with what's been going on at the offense, especially at the quarterback position for State, they need that 90% of the time. So, <clears throat> I think you're in for a hell of a game. There. I think both of us are going to have no voices. We might have headaches because of just pure adrenaline rush and then the crash that comes afterwards this weekend for our games. It's going to be fun, man. You're, 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 like, I'm not jealous of you because I am going to arguably the biggest college football game in Georgia football history at home. Someone did a deep dive of Georgia home football games, and this is the first time they've hosted the number one team ever. So a fun fact for you. And the first time that they've ever hosted a one versus like two top five teams, two top three teams. Second time they've ever hosted top five teams. That was number four versus number five a few years ago. So, it's going to be crazy there, but is this the first time in a few years that both teams have been ranked going into this game, Nick? Maybe even ever? Who's State and Wake? Yeah. No, they were, both, were they both ranked last year? Yeah, I think we were oh, I don't know. and Wake was 18. This is the first time, though. It's got to be the first time in a while, if not ever, it's been at Wake like or at State like this. They know they haven't been. They haven't both been ranked a lot of the times. So let's see. Yeah, NC State first. will tell you. It might. You can always. Uh, you can actually do. Um. So football history, like on a lot of teams' websites now, Nick. Fun fact. They'll actually post the box scores on it. So in 2021. So last season, of course, Wake Forest is 45 to 42 win. Number 12, Wake Forest. Uh-huh. 
Micah. Like our calls keep dropping us. That's kind of crazy, but we're almost at the end. But from what I can tell, Nick, they were not both ranked last year. At least not according to the box score on your guys' website from 2021. 2021. Uh, I'm about to look up. I'm about to, I'm about to go to Wake Forest's schedule because that will kind of make it more clear of what they were ranked. Yeah, it was 20. No, that was last year. Or this is this year. I mean, excuse me. Let's see, 2021 football schedule. NC State was not ranked in 2021. Wow, I would have bet so much money that that was a ranked-on-ranked matchup. This is the first time it's been ranked-on-ranked that I could find going all the way back to 2011. And just knowing Wake Forest history, the only time I think Wake Forest may have been ranked in this matchup would have been the Orange Bowl year in 2009, that was, 10, maybe. Yeah. What year was that? Five, two thousand five. I don't know. It's been so long now. I don't even know. The full year was the yeah. 06 season. 06. So maybe 06 both teams were ranked. But, yeah, these teams have not both been ranked. So, you know, that, that means something in the state of North Carolina, man. So you're going to be at a hell of a football game. I think you're going to be in for a good game. I think you're going to be in for some points. So, like, that's my fear, Nick, is I'm afraid that Georgia might actually slow down Tennessee and then I won't get to see a lot of points like I'm hoping I will. Because <laughs> I'm not going to lie, after the last couple of college football games I've been to where they've been low-scoring snooze fest for the most part, I want, like, 100 points combined. <laughs> so I want to see the mailman go blow for blow with Hendon Hooker. Or as people call him now, Hendy Hocho, which is kind of crazy. Or Hendy Cinco, sorry, Hendy Cinco. Is his nickname here at uh, in good old Tennessee? But Nick, that's all I've got. Um, as much as I want to keep talking, there is Maction on, so it is it is the greatest time of the year. As someone that loves the Mac, I am very excited to get back to my house to throw on some Kent State, Ball State, and some Ohio and Buffalo, which is a big game in the Mac for anyone that does care. Um, winner takes sole possession of first place in the Mac East. So yeah, big one there. <laughs> But, man, this could be, Nick, the best week in the ACC that we've had from the standpoint of just how much we need it for a narrative point. Because right now we're just competing with ourselves. And if Notre Dame can take care of, or excuse me, if Clemson can take care of Notre Dame, if NC State and Wake give us a great show on the ACC network, I think, honestly, it's probably best for the brand of the ACC for Miami and Florida State to be close, but at the same time, maybe it is best for Florida State to house them because then maybe it'll give Florida State some respect. But this is a hell of a week. Like, like I, I didn't even realize that LSU and Alabama were this week until, like, today. <laughs> <laughs> like, I thought it was next week because everyone's talking about Georgia Tennessee and it's like holy crap the SEC East SEC West championship is this weekend honestly a big game in terms of determining the orange bowl spot in the ACC is this weekend 
know, really Clemson's true path to the playoff gets decided this weekend. I mean, this is a, a heck of a week, man. And I'm excited for it. I can't wait to see what more we can get here from the ACC. And I mean, this is a good chance. I mean, again, like if, if you're in North Carolina when it comes to Virginia, house them, man. Make a point. Prove that you should be. Like, Nick, if North Carolina beats Virginia by 28 this weekend, I actually won't be that upset because now I can start my rant about why North Carolina should make the playoff if they go 12-1. and <laughs> So, because I still have Wake on the road and stayed at home. So, but anyways, Nick, that's all I've got. Anything else you want to say before we, uh, we call it a night? If not, send us off. Um, if you're a state fan, I think you heard the Devin Leary news. Uh, he does not know his future yet with, um, in terms of transfer or going to the NFL. He won't transfer. He won't transfer. So my thinking is he's not going to transfer. I think Dave would want to keep him. Um, and I don't think he'll go. It, if this were between three things, I think that he's got a greater chance at staying and playing the one more year. Cause I think his NFL draft stock has dropped tremendously because of the injury and injury, excuse me, the injury and because it wasn't the year that he was supposed to have. Um, it is a long process to feel better. And he's not going to be 100% for four to six months. So I think if you're asking me, it's his best interest to stay. We know what he is. We know what he can do. It's his best interest to stay. Um, so that's the update on Devin Leary. And for just real quick, and then I'll, we'll let everybody go. This is the most NC State thing ever, Micah. Um, Brett McMurphy tweeted um, this morning saying, with the first playoff rankings tonight, here are the Power 5 teams with the most wins since the first year in 2014 that have not made the playoffs. NC State's top five. <laughs> NC State's on the list. So it's between one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. So 10 teams. NC State's number eight with 67 wins. All right. So, but that's not all. That's not all. Of these 10 teams, Micah, can you tell me which team is the only team? On not to go to New Year's Six? Not to go to a New Year's Six. <laughs> I wonder who that – I was actually going to – before you even were transitioning, I almost just like, man, not only are they top ten in wins to not make the playoffs, but they have to be like number one or two and not making the New Year's six. So Yeah, so the list is in order. Wisconsin, Oklahoma State, Iowa, Utah, Penn State, Florida, A&M, NC State, USC, Miami. Everybody has made a New Year's six bowl since 2014 and nc state has not oh virginia's made a new year's six bowl in that virginia time. has made it <laughs> i mean come on so that's the most nc state thing in the world oh, oh don't you worry nick when uh when nc state gets the dub against uh, wake this weekend just wait for the ncaa to find some weird like sanction on nc state football and they'll be banned from the postseason this year yeah <laughs> but this just in, Boo Kerrigan has been assassinated. 
by TCU fans. <laughs> NC State now banned, canceling the rest of their football season. <laughs> now, obviously. Fact about Boo Kerrigan. Um, He's a goat. It's actually related to my family, believe it or not. Really? Boo Kerrigan is actually best friends with one of my cousin's uncles. That's like a cousin separated from me. And I'm actually very close to that family. So they were best friends growing up. I kind of consider him an uncle because we see him every year at Christmas or in the summer. So I see him like once a year. Um, And he was like, yeah, like Boo and I were like best friends growing up in high school. And we still talk all the time. So he knows that one of his kids is because one of his kids, like who I kind of consider a cousin, goes to TCU. Nice. Yeah, so there you go. Wow. So, Boo Kerrigan hates that cousin, clearly, because he didn't get TCU into the top six. So, yeah. um, but, all right, well, that's actually a really cool, fun fact to end this. Nick, we're the best conference in college football. Change my mind. No, I'm just kidding. But, <laughs> um, no, it's it was a good week, you know, especially after how bad last week went, the fact that, we get to be the, the conference with the SEC that has the most playoff ranked teams. I think it's a big deal, especially because, again, we just talked about two teams that aren't ranked who could be ranked this time next week. So who knows? But can't wait for a great week of college football, Nick. Thank you, as always, for everyone for listening. We look forward to talking ACC football in a, in a few days. So. As always, it means just a little bit less here in ACC country, and uh, go ACC.